We welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Sharpie Cranax on assignment in California. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if that is uh, searching for uh, rush ends, offensive tackles, running backs. He's on the tarmac looking to see if Will Howard lands. Is, yeah, is, is, is he uh, on McCord watch? I got to get your take on, on all of this as – what did you believe, Sharpie? Let's rewind to Monday. What did you believe yeah. was, was Nebraska's reality uh, at the quarterback spot? It's, it's nice to be a historical powerhouse. It's nice to have Matt Rule and his kind of juice, right, and communication ability. But now you, we, we fast forward to Saturday. I mean, I can't tell you how many – stream comments or emails we've gotten about he's here he's here you know it's it's steve spurrier cable installing 2.0 again all right so what do you believe about nebraska's quarterback spot right now and and, and your assessment of the mccord option here well I, I think i think first of all nebraska's being nebraska you know nebraska has a major brand and they have a major need that's the biggest thing is they have a need and so they you know you you kind of feel like this is my impression. They like what they have in 24, and they know what a position or two, and it's not just quarterback. There are a couple other positions away from being a, a good football team. So it's your obligation as the CEO of the program to go out and fix that in the offseason. And with college football free agency, and you have you are Nebraska, you have that ability to get in front of people. Now, does that mean they're going to agree to come here? No. But I do give credit to Nebraska. They've been very aggressive. And what, what I, I read into this is their net isn't super large. So they've gone with a pretty concise net. So they must feel pretty good about somebody in that net, that they're getting good feedback, and that they Satterfield can relay it to Rule, who can pass it on to 1890, and they can all work together to say if this is the guy or not. Um, because if, if they had not expanded their net, then I would think one of their guys in, in shape and yesterday going to Mississippi State, you know, the dominoes start to fall. And so then you're like, OK, let's connect the dots. But I like what Nebraska's doing. I knew they would be aggressive. Um, I don't think they wanted it to be as public as it's been. But that's what happens. I mean, we were flying. We're, we're tracking planes. Um, but I, I think it's a good sign for Nebraska. They know what they need and they know what they have. And so let's go out and fix that, whether it be Kyle McCord to Blake Shaben to even a further reach in Will Howard. Um, I like what they're doing. Now, let's see how quickly they can reel guys in because we want it to go quick. I'm still not convinced that it's going to happen here like in the next 48 hours. You know, these things take a little bit of time unless you have a previously built-up relationship. Well, Gary, one of the things I said yesterday when we were talking with, with Jacob Padilla was I asked him the question, whenever we're talking a week from now, do you think Nebraska will have its quarterback? That's kind of the boat I'm in is by the time we get to next – Thursday, next Friday, I think that's about uh, the expected time in my mind for a decision to be made in Nebraska to have their quarterback. But I want to get your thoughts broadly speaking here. What is the selling point for Nebraska to a quarterback? Is it NIL? I mean, clearly Marcus Satterfield's offense, though it's been hated on by Nebraska fans, there's got to be some level of interest from quarterbacks across the country for there to be Will Howard and Cam Ward and, and, and Kyle McCord picking up your phone calls and listening uh, but what is your thought on what the main selling point is for this Husker team right now, and specifically this Husker offense, whenever they're going to the portal and, and talking to these quarterbacks? 
Well, I think let's start with NIL. Remember, Matt Rule didn't say that Nebraska is not willing to pay a million to two. He just laid it out that that's the going right now in college football. And, you know, if you're dabbling with an Ohio State quarterback, I know that their baseline is each guy gets 700 k in a car. So you're playing in that world. And that should be encouraging to people that have bashed Nebraska's NIL as at least they're going to go ahead and try and play in that world. Again, it has to be reciprocal. You can want a guy, but he's going to want you. I think it's pretty simple. If Nebraska's selling point is, hey, look at our quarterback room. You want to come in and play. Now, you know what the Kyle McCord thing was at Ohio State. He wanted a guaranteed starting spot for this upcoming year, and Ohio State wouldn't do it for him. And so then him and Day got sideways. So is that what McCord has given to Nebraska is, hey, I want to be the starter? Because I think Nebraska wants competition because they got burned last year. There was no competition for Jeff Sims. They rode Jeff Sims in the spring, the summer, and the fall, and it came back to burn them. So they're saying, no, no, we want competition. I would think, though, Kyle McCord coming to a place where, you know, he's been through the fishbowl in Columbus. That fishbowl in Lincoln isn't very far away from what you get in Columbus that he would come in and say, you know what? Yeah, I want to be the starter, but I'm going to come and improve it because I have something to prove to people that thought that even though I improved during the season in Columbus, I had a terrible last game and I just bolted on the first train out of town. But I think the selling point is you have an opportunity to come in and play, look at our quarterback room, and also look at our offense was so up and down this year. This is what we want to do on offense. I'm going to show you the last two games. I've said that for a while now. A pocket passer that's going to stretch the field, that's the kind of guy we want. We're not going to put you in a situation where you're running the option and you're going to be our leading rusher. We want a guy to stand in the pocket, be able to throw the football where you want to throw the football, not where we tell you to throw the football, and be a good decision maker. And if you feel like you can fit into that offense, then we can find a place for you. And I think that's their selling point to McCord because of what I believe that they want to run on offense. McCord fits that bill pretty well. Sharpie, the – Biggest pitch here for Nebraska is this. Uh, you'll be appreciated here, right? I mean, think about it. You could be a guy that comes in, wins a job, and elevates this program to something it's not been for a long time. That's a contender, and a contender in November in a different landscape of the Big Ten. You've lived the big games. You've beaten Penn State. You've beaten Notre Dame. You were right there uh, against uh, Michigan. Urban Myers. You know, done his breakdown saying, wasn't on you, you know, two of the two of the interceptions. So Nebraska can move forward with McCord and say, dude, you're going to be loved and adored here if you do what you're supposed to do, what you want to do coming in as a quarterback. So I think that's the angle, because if you leave Ohio State after an 11 and one run, you can't feel appreciated. I mean, especially with how Ryan Day talked about him after the Michigan game. Well, he, so here I look at McCord this way. And if McCord is the guy, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you, you have a good feeling, but until things are done, there's always right. that opportunity. But let's, let's focus on McCord. I, I think he wasn't the right fit for Ohio State and what they want as quarterback, but he could be the right fit at Nebraska. Two things can be true. And I think that's where we are in, in this case of he wasn't the guy for Ohio State, but he was their really only option. He's not their option for what they have coming in. But at a place like Nebraska, he could fit in. I will tell you this. I know this because this wasn't necessarily a selling point to a quarterback, but but somebody else that they're recruiting in the 25 class is Matt Rule is a great seller, okay? He, he can quickly build up a relationship, but I think he gets his point across on where the program is and where it's going. It doesn't take a long time. 
And so in a, in a few amount of words, he can tell you about what they have, where they're going, and where you fit. And I think that is twofold, guys. I think that's when you're trying to recruit guys that are being recruited again or recruit new guys or talking to guys on your roster. Being up front and having a plan and being concise is very important. And I think in this case with portal guys, you, you have a plan and you don't wishy-wash. Hey, we feel really good about our 24 team. And I think they do. They like their pieces, but they know they're a couple away from being a really good football team. And they're selling, hey, you're the guy that can come in and you can be part of that, not be the guy, but be part of that to help us get to the next level. And so I think rule is good in this. I think another thing that if you look at the guys that Nebraska is recruiting, I don't think rule likes recruiting guys that like recruiting. Okay, and what I'm saying is, you know, some some guys are into, hey, I want to be recruited, but I don't necessarily want to play football. I, I, I like the recruiting attention. Okay, and there might even be a couple of those guys on Nebraska's roster. So Rule is attracted to guys that they don't just love to be recruited. They love to be recruited, and then they like to talk ball. So I look at the guys that they're recruiting. These are all guys that like to talk football, okay, that like to break down football. So it's a fit for Satterfield. It's a fit for Rule. And you can see why then they take the next step on, hey, are we, are, we in the, are we in the neighborhood now? Are we having a conversation? Are you going to potentially you know, say yes to us? And then they can continue that. But again, I like their aggressiveness. I, I think, you know what, we would all be disappointed if they just sat around and, and twiddled their thumbs for a week and hoped that somebody fell in their lap. They said, no, we're Nebraska, and we're going to go out, and we've got something to sell because we need somebody, and it could be you. And, and they've gotten a good response. Now they just need to reel that person in. Gary, as you kind of laid out a little earlier with Nebraska casting a a smaller net, if you will, with their quarterback search here in the transfer portal with with Kyle McCord. Do you feel like he's the focus or do you feel like he's the backup plan? No, I don't think he's a backup plan. I think he's somebody that they've gotten some good mutual interest and probably I'm, I'm just judging off the way Nebraska's handled recruiting. They have probably gotten more interest and a, a better conversation going with McCord. Like maybe they're, they're on the same level. And so that's why it seems like it's really picking up momentum. Um, so that's what I, that's what I see. It's just, what does Kyle McCord want? You know, what it, it, does he want revenge on Ohio state to say, Hey, screw you guys in Columbus. Look what I can do. Or does he want to go to a place where it can take his game to the next level and he can get to the NFL and he can continue to develop because there is no denying that, again, McCord was not the perfect quarterback for what Ohio State likes to do, but he was their option for 23. He did get better as the season went along. It's not like the guy was a bum from day one and he was a bum in the Michigan game. He did get better. So I don't know exactly what he wants in his next stop. Definitely to start. But is it revenge or is it, hey, I'm here to prove everybody. I'm more than Ohio State's 11 and 1. I can go to a place and I can fit in and I can be a good college quarterback. You know, those are the ones we don't know right now. But that's what, when he asked those questions, I think a rule, I think especially Matt Rule, I don't know as much about Satterfield. I think Rule is good at answering those questions on how you fit into what Nebraska offers for you. Gary Sharp, couple more minutes. It's Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. Sharpie, who does McCord remind you of? Is there a past quarterback in college or even the NFL that there's a cop out there? Um, I don't Stafford? know. Stafford. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has won an NFL, you know, won a Super Bowl. I, I, style. I, I, yeah, style a little bit. 
you know, um, in terms of the way he throws, standing in the uh, the pocket, those kind of things. I, I could see that. I mean, I think he looks. You know, I, I, don't, I don't. I'm not overwhelmed by him, but I think for what no. Nebraska needs, it's a good fit. Um, a guy that you. So one of the problems with Nebraska's offense this year is they didn't have decision makers in the three quarterbacks where, you know, hey, on this play, this is where the ball's got to go. Like a one, a one read offense. Um, and McCord was in an offense which was not a one read offense. So that helps that he can be multiple and scan the field. Um, they, they basically need a, a, a refined quarterback who is a quarterback, not an athlete that's learning to play quarterback or a quarterback that's really dis, uh, struggling with the decision making. So he looks like a lot of those quarterbacks that are pocket passers. I will tell you one thing. I know that they do not. And even though they're, they're still going to have an element of the quarterback run game, but not to the extent that they've had this past year, they do not want the quarterback having 40% of the carries. That is the last thing that they want. Um, you know, and they, they, that is something that I think caught them off surprise, but they had a transition when Harburg became the starting quarterback. They don't need that quarterback to come in and run 10 times a game or 12 times a game. They need a quarterback that's elusive if the pocket breaks down. And if they have to run the football a little bit, there's still that element. And we saw that at Ohio state that he could do that. I, I think it's a, it's a very interesting fit. I, I think people, if, if I asked you guys this, if Kyle McCord tomorrow, and this is hypothetically, Kyle McCord tomorrow said, yes, I'm coming to Nebraska. Are you guys excited for 24? Are you re-engaged in the offseason? I think if Nebraska were to land somebody of his caliber that has done it at a high level, even with a lot of help, the fact is he was still driving that bus on that offense. Yeah, I think if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm absolutely excited because I've got a I've got a, a quarterback that is going to be able to distribute the football, and that'll that'll pair with a really high level defense that's got so yep. much coming back. I mean, yep. that to me is the biggest part of this, where you're not going to be short staffed <laughs> on one phase of the football. Well, uh, so so yeah, I'm excited. Yep. I I think McCord's probably my second favorite quarterback, or or tied for a second. I, I, I like Cam Ward, and I think Will Howard. I like the quarterback run uh, in, in an offense, but I'm not sneezing at all, at all, about Kyle McCord just because, I mean, the guys guy was good enough to start at Ohio State and he won 11 ballgames. That's, yep. that's, that's and, wow. And he's better than anything you've got in your own quarterback room. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where I'm at with this quarterback search, Gary. Any of those Three, they kind of the three top names as you you list them off with Ward, Howard, and, and McCord, all better than what Nebraska has. And all of them would, if they were playing in the the twenty twenty three season, probably get Nebraska to eight wins. And it's hard to forecast like that. It's hard to play the what if game. But I think it's pretty reasonable to say that you can sneak three more wins into this Husker season with the quarterback that takes care of the football and is able to to read a defense and scan the field. And Gary, with kind of that in mind, I want to get your thoughts on. Any of those three guys being the the starting quarterback at Nebraska moving forward, what would your biggest concern be with the Husker offense after a guy like Howard or, or Ward or, or McCord commits? The, the name doesn't matter in the quarterback room as much. What would your your next biggest concern on the Husker offense be? And, and I guess, do you think Nebraska has a plan to get that addressed this offseason? Uh, running back. I, I Guys, I'm not comfortable with running back. Um, you know, I... 
I, I think it was such a, a mixed bag this season. Um, there's no guarantee that Gabe Irvin's going to come back and be to the level he was. And, you know, I hope we don't get into a situation where Gabe can be a good running back, but he's just injury prone. Um, you know, Emmett Johnson emerged. There's not a lot of depth in that room. I don't think they're going to jump into the portal and grab a, a wow running back. Um, I, I like big running backs. So that would be a concern. But, but here's the thing. So this whole the, – the whole two-year deal, the first two years. So Rule, shortly – was it after spring – he told the well when they had I think it was when they had their post spring meetings just to kind of get a vibe of the team. He told a lot of the upperclassmen that hey guys, I know that it has not been good for you. Just hang in there with us. There's gonna be there's gonna be some ups and downs as we get adjusted, and you guys have been through plenty of them. But just stick with me. Trust me, we're gonna make it up to you if you can just get get us through this first year and hang with us. We're gonna make strides. And I'm telling you, in year number two, we have a chance to get you to where you want to go, and that is to play in a bowl game. Now, that got sped up a little bit this past season because they were on the cusp of a bowl game. So I think Rule is going to exhaust everything he can to make sure that he rewards the guys that have been in the program for a while, that they can get the season that they want, and that's coming up in 2024. So they're kicking tires. They're, they're turning up stones. They're trying to find any guy that is out there. But running back would be a place where I think when we get through this, and, you know, Nebraska is definitely aggressive for a wide receiver. If you get a quarterback, and it's a quarterback that's attractive as a wide receiver follow, we've seen that in the past. But, man, I, the running back position is probably a, a position we got to have a, a discussion about how it's coached and who's in that room because there's the great unknown, and then you throw in Ives who – you like, but you really don't know much about. And does Nebraska have a three-down back? They have that guy. He's probably going to end up at Alabama. That hurts. But do they have it in their own room right now? Gary Sharp, couple minutes with us. Weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Mark Cranach is on assignment <laughs> out in sunny California. Sharpie, are you, are you surprised when you saw the visit list by Satterfield, as we deemed it, the Sat World Tour 2023 this week. Are you surprised Nebraska was able to get meetings? Satterfield was able to get meetings with some of these quarterbacks. No, because they're Nebraska. Even even though they've struggled and haven't been to a bowl game since 2016, they're Nebraska. And, you know, there's that, that, that brand still goes a long way. And so I wasn't surprised they were able to get meetings. Now, we don't know how long some of these meetings were. Some of these may have been like a quick... Uh, introduction and then you you move on but some of them may be a little bit a little bit longer I also found it very curious and you know and 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 rule is they had a plan so they they had a plan on who to attack Um, is Satterfield is the guy out in front meeting with these these guys which is important because he's the guy that has the vision for the offense he has the guy that can answer all those questions about hey why didn't the offense work out so well what, what, why did it break down? What kind of quarterback do you want? So it's Satterfield that's out on the front line answering all those questions. But I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's Nebraska. And, and let's be honest. They do, they do, they still have some cachet, and they also have a need. That's the biggest thing. I mean, how many times, how many times does a quarterback that's in the portal go because of a coordinator? It's usually because of the head coach, or it's a place they can go and play. They know that you need a quarterback. I mean, those are all Nebraska's want list that would be very enticing to a quarterback. And then once you get the, okay, coach, I'm interested, that's when the dominoes behind the scenes start to fall is, 
hey, what's it going to, we like this guy. What's it going to take to get him? And then you go to work with all of the interior people, whether you're NIL and you say, okay, this is what we're willing to do. And this is what we're willing to go. And you either, you either like us as is, or we got to move on. And so that's again, in this portal chasing of quarterbacks, I think Nebraska is doing a good job because they're upfront and honest. This is what we can offer. You either, you either like us or, or not, but we're not going to do the dancing part. We're, we got to move on because we need a quarterback. And in the past, I think what has hurt Nebraska, not just in the portal, but in recruiting, is they hang around too long. They don't have a vibe if a guy is just stringing them out or they're interested. That's why I think the McCord thing has gotten a lot of legs is because I do believe he is generally interested in what Nebraska has to offer and what his place is in the football program. So Nebraska is dancing with him a little bit longer. When you talk about what Nebraska has to offer, Gary, what specifically do you mean by that? You've got uh, to be the quarterback at the University of Nebraska is a big deal. You've got some NIL. I mean, that's to be the quarterback. You just had a a quarterback at Nebraska who got a nice NIL bump. um, But, you know, Kyle McCord would be on a different level than Jeff Sims. Um, And I think you're playing in the Big Ten. You're playing on the biggest stage. You're in one of the power conferences. And you are at a place like Nebraska. And I also think, guys, quarterbacks, man, they're some alphas. You don't think every quarterback, because Jeff Sims thought the same thing, and I'm sure Nebraska's selling point was that to him as well. Can you imagine Kyle or Jeff or Will, Cam, uh, Sam? If you're the guy that comes in here and turns things around, you're set. You're absolutely set in your football career and your career at Nebraska. Some guys love that. Some guys shy away from that. I'm thinking a guy that's been in that fishbowl would go, you're right, I've seen it before. I also like the fact about McCord, I want to add this one other thing. In any of these quarterbacks that they're pursuing, they're coming from winning programs, okay? So they've been in a culture of winning. They know what it takes to win Monday through Friday and then on Saturday. So these guys have been around winners because that's what Nebraska still has not been able to do is to find enough winners, Okay, they got guys that are winners, but there's a difference between winning and winners and guys that are coming from programs where they're the key number one person that are winners. I like that because I think that rubs off. You know, that was one of the things I don't think we talked enough about Sims. We talked about all of his turnover issues, but he was at a place where Georgia Tech wasn't great. The guys that Nebraska are pursuing for the most part. And remember, Shapin is off the board and Baylor's struggled last couple of years. But the most part, these guys have all won in their college career. And I think that's important to what Nebraska needs in 2024. Gary Sharp with this weekend edition. Sharp, he'll get you out on this. I think the point you made about the reckoning, right? That that personality, that 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 legend status. I want to become a legend in Lincoln at a, a program as storied as Nebraska is uh, very attractive to to some quarterback personalities. I mean, yep. there there's big ego, and that's all right if you if you deliver likelihood of a second portal quarterback uh, getting questions about Levitt as an option because of his four four years, the, the, the Chubba factor. Uh, and uh, I wanted to get your take here on the likelihood if you do get McCord, and again, it can go zero to 60 yeah. with, with the, uh, the timeline here. Fleming, I mean, is, is, is it something you would bet on uh, if you get him a cord, you can also land a Fleming. So there's a lot in yeah. there, but a second portal, the Chubba factor, and then 
Fleming as we wrap. So I think they really like Purdy. And, you know, we have to we have to wait to see what Chubba wants. But I think comments that Rule made after the season about Chubba and his high ceiling, I think they want to see what he's like with true development. You don't get true development during the fall. You get it during the spring and the summer when you can pay more attention to quarterbacks and you're not preparing for a game. So I think Chubba's in the mix here. Ideally, I'd love to have two. I'd like to have an older guy and a younger guy. But at this point, Nebraska needs, needs a quarterback. You know, they need a guy that they think can lead them to victories. So I don't think you're going to be really choosy. Now, the part about Fleming, um, you know, there is the connection to McCord. The Fleming is, I still think, learning how to be a wide receiver. He's a, he's a guy that's not going to blow the top off the defense. And, man, he's been besieged by injuries at a place where they recruit elite wide receivers, and he hasn't been able to keep up. So maybe a change of scenery will help him. He's been hurt by injuries. He's a great perimeter blocker. He's a great kid. He's a great locker room guy. He kind of fits that culture that Rule is looking for. But maybe just a change of scenery would help somebody like him. But ideally, a quarterback will attract a wide receiver. Because all of these guys have spent a lot of time around each other, whether they played together in Columbus or they've been out on the trail, you know, when they were, were high school kids and they were being recruited. So I think if you were able to get that, that quarterback, then maybe a wide receiver, and it could be Fleming, it could be somebody else, would say, yeah, man, I'll go catch footballs from them. One other thing, they are selling, um, they are selling the young wide receivers to quarterbacks. They're saying, hey, it's not like we have a bunch of old guys in our wide receiver room. We have some young guys that when the ball is thrown properly to them, they can blow the door off of things. And so that is appealing as well. If you look at a guy like Jalen Lloyd or a Coleman or a Bell or a Doss, they don't have any tape on Bell, but they can sell that and say, hey, we've got a nice collection. And then, oh, by the way, we like our tight end room. Look who's here and look who is coming. So they've done a good job of selling. I I give them credit for the first week. They've gotten in front of some key quarterbacks. Now it is. Can you close? Can you get the guy that you want? Not the guy that falls into your laps because the dominoes start to fall and they pick somewhere else and it's like, oh, this guy, his only choice is Nebraska. Can they close and get the guy that they want? Gary, I want to get your quick thought. I know we said to get you out, but you're, what you said about Chubba kind of got me thinking because I, I think about F, and it's a big if, a lot of hurdles to clear, but if you bring in a guy like McCord and then maybe Levitt's there too, and then Kalen, you look at Chuba in a quarterback room with those guys, and he, he stylistically starts feeling like the odd man out, right? Is that just me in terms of how Chuba plays quarterback versus how a guy like Kyle McCord, a guy like Kalen, a guy like Levitt? Stylistically, is he still a, a fit for the Husker quarterback room if that is the room? Stylistically, if he develops as a quarterback, he's right there. But I think he's still pretty raw as a quarterback. And there's a lot of what you saw at Florida State, you saw at Nebraska. I want to see Chubba with a full, dedicated, meaningful, you're you're in the mix spring where he's healthy. He doesn't have to worry about injuries. And you're going to say, hey, you're the true quarterback. And this is what we're going to do. And then we can make a determination. Um, There's another thing is if you were in that quarterback room and you are surprised that they're recruiting quarterbacks, man, you're lost. And I got nothing, I got nothing for you because that was pretty clear as day that, hey, we need help at this position. So if you're going to be upset that we're going out and we're, we're recruiting all these other guys, I got nothing for you. But I want you to compete. I think that's the biggest thing. I think when they get to spring, they want a full on true competition. Hey, this staff gets, in my opinion, gets a mulligan because they failed on the Sims thing. They put everything into Sims and Sims was all spring, all summer. 
all fall, and they didn't pay much attention to the other quarterbacks until they were forced to. They got competition in spring, at least hopefully, and then that'll determine who the best quarterback is. So buckle up. This is kind of fun, isn't it? We're tracking flights again, and they don't involve coaches. They involve yeah, actual players. It's it's a different animal, but yeah, I mean, it's not that Nebraska fans aren't aren't used to this this recon. Uh, totally are, but it's yeah. Now it involves a player, and yeah, I mean, you got numbers floating out there, Sharpie, of one point six million, one point seven, and I know that <laughs> you talk to some of the older school Nebraska fans; they <laughs> choke on that, but it is the new normal. That's what's gonna gonna happen. To get a potential difference maker. As Elijah sits back down, um, Elijah, Schmitty just brought up, you know, some numbers that are being thrown out there in terms of 1.6, 1.7. And, and we don't know, you know, I, I haven't heard, I, I've seen it, but I'm not, I haven't got it confirmed that they've offered McCord, but there's, there's all kinds of, you know, attention on both sides. Is why does it matter what they offer to a quarterback? Why does it matter to us? what they offer to a quarterback. That's not our money. That's what they're doing. If, if they believe that that quarterback is the guy for them, then all right, go for it. And then we wait for the season to play out, and then we go, eh, let's talk about that money that you spent. I think, I think it is very Nebraskan, and we've all been here for a number of years, and a lot of us – are born and raised here. So there, there is a appreciation for the hard work this state puts in for their finances. All right. Yes. yes. And that, and that, okay. And th- there is that aspect of it. And you don't want to set that, that on fire. <laughs> and there, there is some, some remorse from last year's investment. There's the worry. There's the worry. If it works out yeah. and Nebraska's knocking on, Indy a year from now, Nebraska's in the mix in uh, in in November, and, and they're playing meaningful games, and they got a quarterback that can win some of those meaningful games. Nebraska yeah. fans will continue to give till it hurts. They just don't want it to blow up in their face, saying, "Well, Nebraska just pissed away one point seven on a quarterback to go five yeah. and seven. I mean, that's the that's the worry. And it's all about it's all about, isn't it, Elijah? Paying the correct player. I don't care yes. what they spend. But it's all about the correct player, whether that be a quarterback, rush in, running back, wide receiver. It's making the wise choice of the correct player. Um, you know, that, that's that's where Nebraska is learning. This is a new world for rule. It's it's red wine nails it in our stream chat here. I don't care what they spend if there's a W behind it. And I think that's where Husker fans are at. <laughs> it's not the money. It's the concern that the investment won't pay off. And you get two, three years down the road. Now there's the the powers that be in Nebraska being what, less willing to compete in the NIL world because their investments aren't paying off. I think that's the concern right now. It's almost the the PTSD from Husker fans, seeing what the last couple of years have been, kind of low on faith, saying, "Why are we going to go spend this much money on a quarterback if they go five and seven? That money's not going to be there in three years." And now where is Nebraska in college football? I think that's the concern you get yeah. from Husker fans that this money is not always going to be there if the winds don't start rolling in from the, that money, that NIL investment. Nebraska's greatest resource is the, the people who've loved this program for decades. And they have given and given and will continue to give, right? I mean, there's been donations. There's going to be donations 
for the, the, the Go Big project. There's donations for the South End Zone development. And then when it comes to NIL and boosters and folks that are friends of the program, man, they, they feel a part of it. And I yeah. think that's really I think that's that's cool. Isn't that's really this, cool. Isn't this because you got two things running at the same time? This whole NIL thing is new to us. Mm-hmm. And don't kid yourself. Remember, Rule didn't say that Nebraska wouldn't play in that world. He was just let everybody know how much it costs. And then you've seen in the last couple of days a more aggressive 1890 social media stuff, ramping yep. it up, help us out. Rule doesn't want to come out and do like other coaches have said, hey, time to swipe your credit card. He has just let us know and then let somebody else take care of it because Rule is into reward, retain, develop. So this is kind of a new world of, oh, my God, we got to pay a lot of people. But don't you think you guys, because you have the NIL and the go and, and then the stadium project running at the same time, doesn't this split off into the demographic of the NIL world of paying for wins is maybe more towards the younger fan the comfort of being in a stadium that's 100 years old more towards the older fan. Because, oh, totally. because what, if, what if your parents were given the option of, would you like to pay, and there's no guarantee, would you like to drop some coin to help us get a quarterback or drop, drop us some coin so when you're sitting in the South Stadium, your ass isn't squeezed together that you feel like a sardine when you leave the ballpark? Well, I'll say this: the if I had to, to pick and choose, and we're we're in a Ray Junior's piggy bank because he's the only one in the house that has any money. Uh, I uh, you could put up with your ass getting squeezed if you're watching a good quarterback play, <laughs> right? You'll endure. You can even argue being packed in like a sardine watching a good quarterback play just makes it more exciting. More, more reason for you to get out of your chair and, and, uh, and cheer. Right? I, I just, I just love the fact that, I mean, I embrace it and adapt or die. And there is a new big 10 cover charge. There, it's not new, but it's, uh, it's, it's, somewhat new for nebraska fans to you know kind of gulp yep that's what that's what this yep. new new football world order is and it's the sayonara from four to twelve be be a contender in the playoff i don't know how often you'll win the big 10 but it really doesn't matter man because if you're in that top three of the big 10 you're knocking on the playoff yeah. door yeah this, this has oh. been a great conversation but and it all comes back to the bottom line is in 2024, Nebraska needs to win football games. Yes. And there's at least a sense of urgency of, yeah, five and seven, wasted four opportunities to get to a bowl game. 24 is now different. It's taken on a different tone. We've got to find a way to win football games to add to what we already have. And I can tell you, especially on one side of the ball, they took care of the white thing. They like the defense. They're, they're ramping it up to make sure they can shore up what they have on offense, which, which is on campus and could be potentially coming on campus. I like the fact that they are well aware of the angst of people, that it's time to win. No more of this. And they got close and they got a taste of it. Now they're trying to find that thing to get them over the hump instead of sitting back and going, hey, you know what? We had still five and seven. We had a nice year. No, five and seven was not a good year at the end of the day because your season isn't still going on. And so I like the sense of urgency and the wide net and the aggressiveness. 
and we'll see what it leads to this upcoming week and then what it leads to elsewhere because they also might not be done with their high school recruiting. You know, we are, what, 11 days away from signing day. They may find a high school player or two that is out there. And you've seen they dropped the defensive line offer the other day, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, they may be working behind the scenes. Maybe there's a flip out there or something like that for a high school kid. So they're definitely not done before the 20th of December or the first part of January when the portal ends. I love it. This is, this is free agency at its best, but it's also a program that knows they got to win. They know they got to win in 24 and how they're going to get there. It's Gary Sharp with us, the Iron Horse Weekend Edition. Gary, do, do you have a, a second? I have another another yeah. thought for you because you brought it up and we didn't really dive into it, but you you mentioned 1890s kind of public presence this week. And a reminder to check out Cornhead Lager by Cross Strain Brewing. Yeah, 1890. That is the 1890 great, Collective. Hey, Doug and the guys at Cross Strain, that is a great beer. You can get it at Pinnacle Bank Arena if you're there for the Michigan State game tomorrow. Are you going, Sharpie? Or you got a I'm game in, yourself? I'm in Corpus Christi, Texas right now. Uh-huh. So you're warm. Oh, no. I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 81 here today. But, but Gary, from... Uh, <laughs> Not here. <laughs> Gary, from, from Cornhead Lager and this 1890 presence out there, you can feel it from, from the collective trying to, to put themselves out there to the general Husker fan, not just make it the, the donors of Substance Collective, but kind of make it yep. more of a, a general Nebraska collective. And I've, I've done the math on this, right? I mean, if you venture to say there's probably what? 60, 65,000 tickets in Memorial Stadium held by season ticket holders every single yeah. year. I think that's a conservative estimate. You divide that by two because season ticket holders, you're bringing somebody with you. So we'll call it 32,000. If you have all of those members making a $20 donation to the collective every single month times 12 months, you're looking at $7.5 million. Is that the future of Nebraska's NIL to make it more about the, the general fan than to make it about the donors of substance? Because $7.5 uh, that's, that's a war chest. So that's a great point. So when NIL started, and I asked this question, and they weren't really interested in the Gary Sharps, the Chris Schmitz, and the Elijah Herbals of the world that don't have 100 k sitting around. But you know what? For our alma mater, we're thinking, hey, you know what? I got $200, $500. They weren't necessarily into that at the beginning because they were they were searching the the you know the the white whale to get that big 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 check. <laughs> now I think it's adjusted where they want the NIL at Nebraska to be a grassroots thing that includes everybody. You might not be able to drop a mill, but you know what? If you can drop a little bit, you feel like you're engaged and you're part of it. And so I think that's where at Nebraska it's transitioned um, a little bit. I also think, guys, don't you think the same thing? is there still needs to be an educational process on how NIL works from the fan perspective. We know how it's working behind the scenes. Rules got rules to lead 1890 down the path. 1890 just can't be, you know, flying out to wherever to recruit quarterbacks. It has to start with the head man, and he says, this is what we probably need as a package. Go get them. It has to start at the top. So we're starting to understand that process a little bit more. But don't you think, guys, that there still needs to be an educational process of how it works for the general fan, how they can become involved? Because Elijah no, brings up a great question about, you know, what about what about the normal fan? Because uh, it does come across initially as you got to have a lot of money to be involved in NIL. Why not educate the fans on you can be a $100, $200 person that, you know, donates and you, you, you feel like you've made an impact. Well, it, it, all goes, all, it all goes it all goes to the student athlete. So that's another yes. thing that I think they need to to put out there is it's not going through a bunch of chain of command. It goes to 
the student athlete. No, that that clarity would would be welcomed, and I think the uh, different tiers of of giving yeah. are acceptable. And it's I mean, all of us have attended church in our life, and you know that there's different places your 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 church and when weekly offering can go if you do weekly offering. So it's not I would I would think the off ramps are are similar to volleyball, you know, different programs first and foremost and uh a, a little a, you give a little bit or you give a lot it, it all goes to you know better the student athlete experience. That's what's <laughs> that's what's really cool, right? <laughs> Giggling at me. Well, no, I see uh what Dion's comment you can't pay the heat bill, but give on to NIL. <laughs> Your ten percent tithe going to eighteen ninety. <laughs> give till it hurts. Yeah, hey, I mean, I like we, we, it's too bad we just can't. I mean, we we should just go back to the old days of guys walking around with cash and just handing out cash. McDonald's bags. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know, Satterfield leaves the room, and here comes some jabroni in with a bag full of cash, and he's like, "Hey, Cam, you remember GBR?" Yeah. <laughs> How about, how about this idea from Moonbot, though? Pizza's here. The 1890 lotto tickets. Max payout of $500,000 to the winner. you got to buy to get it. He says fans will buy $10 million worth of tickets every year for stocking stuffers. Almost feels like the old, the old raffle, the, the 50-50 mm-hmm. raffle you get at a lot of sporting events where 50% goes to charity, 50% goes to the, the fan who wins the raffle. How about that but for NIL? That's not a bad idea, Moonbot. Well, here's, here's the other question. With gambling legal... I mean, are there? I, I guess are there are there certain businesses you wouldn't take donations from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, 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 a portion of this cover goes back to yeah. the athlete. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a wild world, and we don't know how much longer this is going to last after what sure. was proposed by the NCAA. But it's the world we live in right now, and and sometimes if you want something, you got to compete, you got to pay the freight, but you got to pay the correct people. I know people on the stream have been saying, what about an offensive guard? What about an offensive tackle? You know, Nebraska got involved on in the offensive line last year. They just weren't able to close the deal, and then they weren't, you know, they got outbid for a Walter Rouse-type offensive yeah. tackle, which would have been a you know a 12-game starter this year. Um, it's about paying the right people, and we'll see if Nebraska pays the right quarterback this year. And I just – I think you have to – I think you have to go, man, at least Nebraska's involved. You yes, know, they're, at, they're at least they're not just the sitting back. Yes. Yeah, they are playing the game because everybody else is. And if you're not playing the game, you're going to get passed by. And they do not want to get passed by in 24 because they feel like they, they can be a winning football team. Now, does that mean six, seven wins? They just know that they can be a winning football program in 2024, and they must be. I, I think there's, they know, but there's also the part they, they, they must be a winning football program. It's Gary Sharp, weekend edition, a little overtime with Sharpie. Gary, enjoy Corpus Christi, bud. We'll catch up with you next week and thanks for jumping in fun hey, talk this afternoon this morning i always love it let me uh elijah what happens tomorrow at pinnacle bank arena i said yesterday nebraska wins 69 67 i'm gonna stick with Not that a shot in hell i don't think either team has reason to think they're going to win this game both of them are sputtering i mean it's a toss-up in my book i'm gonna keep the uh, the fans of this show happy though and say nebraska basketball wins 69 67 that is a that is a desperate basketball. What's the team. Li- what's the line tomorrow? Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if like Michigan State by three or four. four? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that feels right. I just think too much what party. If, 
What a difference a week can make. Oh wow. You know, <laughs> last Saturday, Fred Fred's seven and zero, and you're like, oh, the vibe is a little bit different. And then the Creighton game happens. Okay, what's your response? And then Wednesday night happens, and you go, wow, there's too many things that look familiar to the previous four years. Are we in uh-oh before we ever flip the calendar to 24? I, the, the winning is important tomorrow. Winning and being a team that's not going to get bullied. I, that was such a letdown Wednesday night. I mean, that's, you, got, you got bullied by a team that punched you, and you didn't respond, and they just kept punching you. And that was, that was startling to me. You need your all preseason Big Ten stud to to make it down and back on offense and defense and not not look for calls. Yeah, I, I need I need the 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 being demonstrative to to be put in the back pocket and just play ball. Yeah, tomorrow will be uh, an important game for Nebraska basketball because they're being squeezed right now. And you know what happens. You find out the true identity of a team when they get squeezed. So who in that locker room takes on the role of a greasel and a walker and says, I'm a cut stopper. We're not letting this stuff go. They they don't have one. Yeah, we got off to a good start. We're not going to let this go down the drain. And so who's that guy? That's what I fear, Schmitty, is last year they had those guys, and then they kind of collectively came together because they were forced to with injuries. I don't know. There's, There's a lot of moving parts right now, but you're absolutely right. I hate Tominaga's body language. Absolutely yep. hated it against Creighton. I thought, you know, maybe some of the offseason accolades had started to get to him. I don't see guys that are incorporating him in the offense or vice versa. They just are – the last two games have just been a weird chemistry thing. Man, I don't care who, who is part of the experiment tomorrow. They need to find five guys and can put the ball in the hoop and win a basketball game by one or two. Uh, if Elijah's right, 69-67, you wake up Monday morning you go, Okay, now on to Kansas State. But if they don't, then you wake up and go, wow, is, is Trev going to have to, you know, th- that conversation comes back in it, and it becomes unfortunately real with still a ton of the season to go. Well, no, if, yeah, if, they, much, if they win, too much of the season. If they win, it's on to Kansas State. If they lose, it's on to spring football, right? Well, I, I mean, I don't want to say it because there's a lot of the season to go, but, damn, there's, there's too many things that look familiar. Yes. You know? And so that's why I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how this team reacts tomorrow because Michigan State, hey, Michigan State is in a sense of urgency as well. Sharpie, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Mama and Junior are going tomorrow. Uh, Coach Izzo signed a, a hat for Carson for his birthday. Got that sent. So it's uh, they'll be wearing green. And uh, that's just their choice, unfortunately. <laughs> So. But, you're, but to, to, to everybody that knows, your son has been a Michigan State basketball fan for a long Since time. He's like five years yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's all good. Sharpie, enjoy Texas, bud. Thanks for jumping on and an extended conversation. I always appreciate you. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week.